Welcome, welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I will talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musically, fresh socks and jocks, and everything in between, never forgetting the talc, this is Dynamo's Dozen. Welcome to this week's episode of Dynamo's Dozen. I am very good. I hope you were all good. In fact, I am very, 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 very good. I couldn't be better, to be fair. Um, I hope all you guys and gals are doing really well. Um, tonight should have been the night where we had uh, Ricky Knight and Soraya Knight on the show. Unfortunately, um, Soraya fell ill this morning. Um, so my thoughts and your thoughts should go out to... Uh, Ricky and his, his lovely wife Soraya. Hopefully she gets better soon. Um, it's nothing too serious, so um, those guys have a really, really busy, busy week coming up at WAW um, over in the UK next week. So we are going to do uh, this episode next week, um, probably Wednesday. So uh, we're going to go back to our normal time slot on Wednesday. And uh, you, guys about, you guys will be able to hear it on Wednesday evening slash Thursday morning. It's going to be an awesome show. Those guys have a lot of announcements. Like I said in the advertisements that I put up, anybody who's listened to the previous show, Ricky Knight knows that he pulls no punches. And his wife's punches are probably even harder. So uh, <laughs> my best wishes to uh, to Soraya and to Ricky. Um, she's going to be fine, but you know. We uh, we we had to we had to do a show because the show must go on and Dynamo's Dozen is here for you each and every single week. So you've got me alone. You've got a moment alone with the Dynamo for the next forty minutes to an hour. So uh, let's make money, baby. So here we are. Um, that intro song was a tribute to the mighty Slayer because uh, everybody by now has heard the news that Slayer are going to be retiring and this is going to be their last tour and um, a lot of announcements probably to come for European dates and whatnot we don't know whether you're going to be playing Dublin um, or what but they've got a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of US dates announced at the moment um, and speaking of Slayer let me talk about what Slayer means to me so I remember my first ever experience with Slayer was finding a vinyl of hella weights in my granny's house. It was, uh, I think it was my stepdad's that was up in the attic or in storage or something like that. And it was a vinyl of hella weights. And I'd already listened to, you know, bands like Guns N' Roses, um, even Metallica, Master of Puppets. In fact, I found Master of Puppets on vinyl also in the same collection. Um, and I had listened to that and I was familiar with Metallica anyway because, you know, a lot of family members had listened to Metallica but I'd never, ever, ever heard of Slayer. And I remember putting the vinyl of Slayer on my uncle's uh, record player, vinyl player. 
and I put the headphones in those big ass headphones that seem to be back in uh, back in popular demand um, now and I didn't know what I was listening to in fact here's a funny story I actually thought that the vinyl was scratched or something because of how fast it was it was just so fast and intense that I thought there was something wrong with it it's like when you you know when you used to, you used to hold down the thing or you you'd put your hand on the vinyl and it would go real slow or else you could you know move it real quick and it would just be it sounded like chipmunks it was like somewhere in between it was just so fucking fast and heavy did not know what i was listening to i was scared absolutely shitless but what an album in fact hell waits to this day is still my favorite slayer album i mean it's in 1985 i was only one year old one years old when that was uh one year old should i say when that was released um but seven songs of just pure, you know, intensity, aggression, horror, everything. You know, from the opening track, Hell Awaits, that chanting, like something from a 1950s Hammer horror movie, just like, yeah, yeah, and builds and builds and builds, and absolutely frightens you, as, as you can imagine, in, in, in a lot more innocent times, when I was maybe a... A twelve-year-old, maybe even less, whatever. But uh, and then kill again. Come on! I was like, wow, this this just gets even better. But my favorite song, my favorite song, is the the last song, "Hardening of the Arteries." What a badass song! It's only about four minutes long, but it's just so so good. Um, that was phenomenal. And then I remember <laughs> one of my uh, one of my cousin's friends acquired me a CD from. HMV. I wouldn't say he bought it, but he acquired it from HMV, and it was my first, my first owned um, record from Slayer, and was uh, Sound of Heaven, and that was just again absolutely blew my mind. We were only about thirteen, fourteen, and my kind of love for Slayer just kind of built upon that. So it's uh, it's sad times that those guys are retiring, but those guys really, uh, you know, they really really done the loop over and over and over um you know for what 30 plus years and they really did write the book when it came to trash um and they will be remembered i'm sure by all their peers but by all their fans as one of the best ever um and they certainly are one of my favorite heavy metal bands of all time um speaking of slayer um one of slayer's biggest fans probably their biggest fan my boy my brother Carl King Woe, everybody knows about Carl King Woe at this stage, my first ever guest. Um, I know I've mentioned it to you before, but if you haven't done it already, then it's about time you do it if you're into your metal, and especially if you're into uh, hearing about guys from Irish metal, and uh, you know, and a little bit in between, wink wink, nudge nudge. Um, Carl King has a podcast over on Podbean called King Woe's Court. Um, really phenomenal podcast. I love listening to it. It's on my playlist every other week when we can get it. And Carl is back at it. Carl uh, only recently had a baby, baby Jake. Um, so <clears throat> they're doing really, really well. Um, you know, both personally, professionally. You know, Carl is also the singer and the the mind behind the mighty Two Tales of Woe, and uh, one of my favorite bands again, especially in in Ireland. Um, they will be doing a lot more this year as well, so keep your ears open for announcements from those guys. Um, go check their stuff out on Bandcamp, Two Tales of Woe. Um, 
unbelievable band. Um, but you can go and catch um, for all you guys, because I know we've got a lot more metal fans of this show now. Um, thanks to last week's uh, two two for one shows that you got, you lucky lucky sons of biatches. Um, so yeah, you can go back and, and catch Carl's shows out. Check his back catalogue. He's got Johnny Mac from the Sacre Blues Band. That's a really, really good conversation. Uh, Chris de Brabandera from Two Tales of Woe, the bass player of Two Tales of Woe. Um, Darren Kyo from the Badass Warpath. Um, again, phenomenal band and really, really cool guy. Um, another cool guy, Tom Moylan from Psychosis. Um, he, he's on there as well. Then not such a nice guy, but a really fucking cool guy. Uh, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, yours truly, appeared on uh, Carl King Wall's show a couple of weeks ago where the roles were reversed and I was actually getting interviewed on a podcast. And I wouldn't say it was a... Uh, Carl doesn't really interview people. It's He calls it co-hosting, which I really like the format that he does. It's just a casual chat with friends about their lives and what makes them tick and how they got into stuff. So that's really, really cool. It was a really cool experience for me to... Um, to be on someone else's podcast, uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And then after me, there was David Quinn from Celticore, and then most recently uh, Dan Langoland. So, all you any of you guys that are listening here, I know as I said, we got a lot more new Irish metal fans on the show, um, or for anyone that's not an Irish metal on the show and just wants cool audio podcasting in your ear holes, I do implore you to go over to Podbean.com. And check out my boy, Carl King Woe's show, which is King Woe's Court. So go check it out. Um, another podcast I do got to mention before I get on to business is um, my boy Justy, Justin Shape, who, you know, he's still the most, uh, <laughs> still the most downloaded uh, show in Dynamo's Dozen history. Um, and it hasn't stopped. It's still rising. It's still, he's even got more than Phil and Selmo at the moment. Think about that. Um, so Justy is now doing a show with the Low Blows Network and it's called the Spandex Pantomime um, Justy is tailor made for this uh, line of work and he is going to he's going to kick its ass as well um, if you want to uh, if you want to subscribe um, to Justy's podcast the Spandex Pantomime you subscribe at pa- uh, patreon.com hashtag low blows but it's not just a case where you pay um, to subscribe to Justy's podcast. With that, most of you guys and gals will notice that subscription gets you free entry into all of Low Blow's parties, including WrestleMania. Um, you get first dibs on tables, special drink offers, and much, much more. They run a really cool show and a really tight ship over there at Low Blow's, so shout out to all those guys and gals. Um, and uh, yeah. I, I I would implore you all to listen to it um, and and go and check it out because it's that's something I'm really really looking forward to. And last but not least, um, my good friend Neil Keegan, who runs a uh, really good podcast, a nice short podcast. In fact, they're usually only around twenty, anywhere from fifteen minutes to thirty minutes. Um, it's called the Couch Pundit by Neil Keegan, also a wrestler, also a boxer and kicker of faces. Um, also a big rugby fan, and all around just nice guy. Um, you can catch the Couch Pundit um, on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can check it out on Podbean as well. Subscribe on Podbean. 
um, go to uh, at, at couch pundit at the couch underscore pundit on Twitter, um, or you can listen to on any of the major Android um, apps. And that's a, it's a really good show. Kigo will talk to you about anything from venting frustrations on the world and politics and sports and people who just drive the way he doesn't like. Um, yeah. Just don't cross him if you're if you're in front of him or you're behind him when he is driving because he will rant about you, and uh, you will be the laughing stock of the world. Um, but that's it for this uh, little show opener. Next, I'm gonna bring back something that I had a little while ago, and it's called Tales from the Deep. from the deep this week I want to start off with something I read because somebody mystical and horrifying has made the news once again but this time for different reasons Slenderman Slenderman has made the news again because a certain Morgan Geezer a Wisconsin teenager in the States attempted to murder her 12 year old friend uh, was ordered to spend 40 years in a mental institution by a Waukesha County Court on Thursday. Um, the girl, Geezer, intended to sacrifice her friend to win the favour of an online fictional character called Slenderman, as we all know him. Um, Geezer pleaded guilty to the murder uh, charged last October to avoid jail time. She was deemed not responsible for her actions due to mental illness. Well, uh, obviously, <laughs> during testimony, expert witnesses said Geezer was making psychological progress. Yeah, of course. Uh, however, Waukesha, there's, that's the pronunciation I was looking for the first time around, Waukesha County Circuit Judge Michael Bowren emphasized that the crime was premeditated when given his decision. Quote, we can't forget what we are dealing with, and we can't forget that this was an attempted murder. So, Geezer and another friend, Anissa Wire, attempted to kill Peyton Leutner in 2014 in Wisconsin, and all three girls were 12 years old at the time. After stabbing Leutner 19 times, Geezer and Wire left the victim for dead, but she was found by a cyclist and recovered at a hospital. Geezer and Wire told authorities, they committed the crime to become proxies to the slender man whom they believed would hurt their families. Wire was sentenced to 25 years in a mental hospital last December. And she said, I want every, every, everyone involved to know I deeply regret everything that happened that day. Wire told the court. I know nothing I say is going to make this right. Nothing I say is going to fix what I broke. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. Well, it looks like the prosecutors have already done that for you there, lady. Um, they were pushing for Gazer to spend the maximum possible period, which is 40 years in a mental hospital. But it uh, didn't quite work out that way. 
and it seems like she's already seen the error of her ways. But getting on to more fictional stuff, I saw an advert um, for the new Slenderman movie, um, which I gotta say I really wasn't impressed with. Um, it is due to come out on May the 17th. Maybe the trailer just showed a little bit too much for my liking. I don't like trailers to show me too much. You know, the less the better. Um, just get to the point. Uh, just make me want more. Um, and terror. Basically, the synopsis is, is the general stereotypical synopsis of of the Slenderman movie. Terror strikes when four teenage girls in a small town perform a ritual to debunk the lore of a small a small. That's wrong. A thaw a thaw tin horrifying figure known as the Slenderman, and they soon fear that the legend is true when one of them suddenly goes missing. Um, yeah. The theory of the Slenderman is absolutely awesome. Um, I thought so many things that they could have done, you know, w with this, with this film. Just going by what I've seen so far, uh, it, it 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 kind of it, it it's very stereotypical. Like I say, um, the scariest thing about the Slenderman was the first kind of uh, pictures and little stories that they had from Creepy Pasta, which is obviously where it came from. Um, and I think everything that's come from Slenderman lore um, and and how they have presented it with some of the cheap, you know, um, homemade movies on on YouTube and whatnot, um, yeah, they've kind of dropped the ball because I think it's a great character idea and the backstory is really good. Um, it's almost like the Pied Piper type thing, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I would like to. Uh, I would like to see somebody with a really, really good mind, like a Darren Aronofsky, to take that concept and, and see what he could do with it. But hey, that's just my theory. But there we go. That's first up for uh, that's first up for Tales from the Deep this week. Um, also, I do want to give a shout out um, to my boys over in Fight Factory who have their show going on tonight as we speak. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, that I'm not there. Um, it is something that I was really looking forward to. However, I do have a commitment to the show to bring it to you guys. Kick-ass audio in your ear holes every single week, and I never forget the talc. But uh, yeah, Five Factory have their show um, tonight, and it's episode three. Dive hard, dive with a vengeance. It's over in the Sean Community. Uh, Sean Casey Community Center. Should I say Sean and Casey Community Center? My apologies. Um, they are kicking ass. This is going to be their year. Um, no imports, all local talent, and not necessarily local. When I say local, I mean local in an Irish sense. Um, it's going to be a phenomenal show, I've no doubt. Um, and I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but um, they will always have my support on this show, and that is going to be uh, going to be a kick-ass show. Some other Irish, uh, <coughs> some other Irish wrestling for you. Coming up, I guess we'll start with uh, OTT. Um, they've got um, on the fourth, which is this coming Sunday, um, the homecoming up in Belfast and Mandela Hall. Um, and then I think on the yep, we got it here, the 18th of February. We've got the Contender Six. It's an all ages event. That's when you get to see a lot of the most amazing upcoming talent um, wrestle. We also get to see the you know the usual guys, like Jordan Devlin. Um, you get to see Scotty Davis, uh, Debbie Cotell, and uh, much much more. Michael May will be there. Nate Martin, lots more. 
Um, then I think on the first, uh, no, sorry, the third of March, um, you got Outer Space Odyssey, and that's going to be at the Arena on Shore Road. Um, there's a lot of actually coming up from OTT uh, over the coming months. Um, then they've got the uh, they've got a big big show um, defined, which is an all female event, which is awesome. This is going to be on the back of a lot of great positive stuff coming from the female wrestlers worldwide. It's going to be at the Tivoli Theater at their home on Sunday, the first of April. And if you want to get tickets to any of those events, just go to eventbrite.ie and uh, you will be able to get your ass tickets to those shows. And trust me, any of these other shows that I mention, um, I mention with love because they are some of the most entertaining things and events and things that you will ever, ever, ever see. So I do implore you all who haven't ever been to any of those shows, whether it be Fight Factory, whether it be OTT, go enjoy the show because they are phenomenal um, also movies that I've seen yeah there's a couple of movies based on kind of based on Mr. Phil and Samuel's um, podcast with myself last week I did watch that film Mother which you guys may have heard him mention um, it actually stars Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is in that also a very very strange thrillery type horror movie which is really good I gotta say I really really liked it I got I got emotionally invested into it um, especially based on the recommendation from someone that knows their horror very different very unique um, modern twist with a very old school feel very old school feel and uh, I would watch and I would watch with an open mind. Watch from the start and take everything in is all I'll say. It's uh, it's really good. Another one that's actually on Netflix now for you guys and gals. Who like your horror and thriller. Open House. I just watched it the other day. Really, really good film. Um, pleasantly surprised actually. Really, really good film. Um, I also watched Murder on the Orient Express for the first time. Gotta say, I like the... Um, I like the camera work, I like the whole ambiance of the film, I thought the narrative was pretty good, uh, whether it stayed true to the original, I know, I don't know, that's up for debate, it depends on who you talk to, but I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed the film, I gotta say, um, it's, it's not what you would expect, everyone's expecting a huge Johnny Depp performance in it, I'm not gonna give anything away for people that haven't seen it, for those of you that have seen it, you know, if, go to, uh, Go to, to, to the comment section after the show and let me know. Um, but I thought it was really good. Um, a film that I actually watched um, the other week was I, Tanya Margot Robbie. Absolutely phenomenal film. I really, really enjoyed it. And when I say I got emotionally invested in it, it's really hard not to. When you go into it with an open mind to think about a film with a nice skater and whatnot... It's not something you would expect to be great, but it's uh, it's about the life of skater uh, Tanya Harding back in the 90s. Had an absolutely horrible, horrible life. Um, got implicated in some really horrible stuff. Um, yeah, I really, really thought that that was definitely one of my favorite films I've seen in a, in a long time. Um, it was It was just, just phenomenal i cannot recommend it highly enough um and it was yeah it was awesome so i do, I do recommend that 
I suppose finishing up on Tales from the Deep, I gotta say, TV shows, I cannot wait for Game of Thrones uh, to come back. I've been hearing absolutely phenomenal things about how they're gonna how they're gonna possibly finish this season off. I mean, I don't know I don't even know where to begin, being honest with you. I think um I think I wait with an open mind and with bated breath and try not to predict too much because I like the unexpected. I like not knowing what is going to happen, and those those guys really know how to give you that. So um, I really, uh, I really cannot wait for that. It is my favorite show on TV, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, one show that I will not be watching anymore is uh, is The Walking Dead. A because it has started to suck over the past couple of months, and I've been spending the last six, seven years defending it, even when it has been boring to people. It wasn't to me because I always liked the slow build. However, slow build is going nowhere, and it's personal because anybody who heard Phil and Samuel's podcast last week again will know that the cast gave the Nature Boy a really hard time at one of his horror comms. Check that out. It's worth hearing that story alone. Go back and listen to it. It's the part two episode with uh, Phil Anselmo and Dynamos Dozen. A really interesting story, but those guys seem like ass clowns. And out of principle, I'm not going to watch that show anymore. So, fuck The Walking Dead. There we go. Um, I also started watching Stranger Things season two. Really love the first season. I love the music in it. I love that 80s vibe. It's just so good. I mean, that's what I was brought up on. It's real good. Um, cannot recommend that show enough. And I'm sure, to be fair, that everybody that listens to the show has already seen it or is already on it. Um, and I'm on season two now. Um, second episode in. Can't get enough of it. Can't wait till the next episode. So that wraps up. So that wraps it up for Thoughts from the Deep for this week. So now... Let's get on to the Royal Rumble 2018. talk about it a lot of people's favorite card of the year the royal rumble royal rumble 2018 um i don't usually do reviews on my own you know i usually have dave cullen come on and we talk about this so the way i'm gonna format it is i'm gonna go by dave Meltzer's stars everybody knows that i don't like stars i don't like the the star rating um a lot of people do so therefore Let's go through what Dave Meltzer gave um, the card and the matches um, and, and how he rated them. So we had Kalisto, Metallic, Dorado versus JTP, or sorry, should I say TJP, um, Gallagher and Gulak. And that was a 2.5. Um, Revival versus Gun and Gallows, 2.5. 
Bobby Roode versus Mojo Raleigh, 1.75. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, he gave it a 3.5 rating. The Usos and Gable and Benjamin, he gave that a 3. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura wins the Royal Rumble. That Royal Rumble match, he gave a 4.25, which is pretty high for a WWE uh, match, especially on, on a mainstream match. So that's pretty high for Meltzer. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Rollins and Jason Jordan, he gave that a 2.25. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Kane versus Braun Strowman, he gave that a 2. And Asuka winning the Royal Rumble, he gave that a 3.25. Um, I definitely disagree with his last one. I think the girls knocked it out of the park. I was um, completely invested in that uh, as a main event. I thought it was perfect, perfect place on the card. I think giving it to the girls, considering the couple of years that they have had and that they put in and seen some old faces come in, was phenomenal. Asuka, I think, is the best female worker um, in the company at the moment. I think Becky Lynch was awesome in the match. Did not agree with the Bellas um, being in the last three or even the last four because it kind of told the story already that they were going to go with Asuka, which most people knew, but it just didn't send, it, it didn't create that sense of, um, I guess, um, what if? What if she doesn't? What if they go against what everybody's saying? You just knew. And also, I don't think the Bellas um, should have been up there personally because I think a lot of uh, girls have worked a lot harder than her over the past, or over them, should I say, over the past 12 months to even 24 months, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you've got the likes of Becky, you've got the likes of Sasha Banks, um, Bailey you know to name a, to name a few um they they really 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 deserve to be it and i think if you had had those as the final three that would have created that element of anything can happen here um it's you know anything can happen in the wwf so it didn't really do it for me in that sense but um and also um ronda rousey coming out yeah it did create a great surprise because ronda rousey is probably the biggest star you know, in the world when it comes to that, it was it was a huge kind of announcement. Um, what bothers me is uh, possibly Rousey stealing um, Asuka's thunder at the end um, because I thought it should have been her moment, being honest with you. I really thought it should have been Asuka's moment. Um, but obviously, for commercial reasons and money reasons, they, um, they went with Rousey stealing that at the end. And, and obviously financial wise it makes sense but i just thought it overshadowed oscar's um amazing performance and her amazing run that she's had in wwe so far um again i, I don't i don't go with with the ratings whether i agree with them whether i not whether i don't um i come from it from my own personal viewpoint and how i seen it um, I wasn't really that invested in the Cesaro and Sheamus versus Rollins and Jason Jordan. I couldn't really get into it. I think the, the crowd died a little bit after the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, I do know that you had to have something in between the, the, the male and female Royal Rumble, so no problem with the uh, with the booking. I just thought maybe the match choice, uh, f you know, for that, you know, segue from the, the males to the females... Uh, was probably the wrong choice. I probably would have went personally with 
with Styles versus Owens and Sami Zayn purely because Styles is so over and uh, so are Owens and Zayn, you know, from a heel standpoint. So that's what I would have went personally, would have went with personally. But hell, what do I know? I don't know a lot when it goes. This guy's getting paid a lot more money to uh, to make these decisions. So all over, I thought it was a phenomenal pay per view personally. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, shout out to 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 Finn. Um, he really gave a good account of himself in that I liked what they kind of started um, with uh, with himself and John Cena and I know that that's a big deal for Finn um, and, and I think it was uh, it was a nice segue into the to the match that they had on Raw um, you know <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people really unhappy with with what happened the next night on Raw, um, a they weren't happy that they didn't see Ronda Rousey for any kind of explanation. Um, I think it's good. I think it's a slow build should be should be done there. Um, I think they're doing it absolutely right. It's like Brock: the less you see, the more you anticipate, and the more you want. Um, when it comes to Finn, I think um, I think people are probably jumping the gun a little bit because. It was a, it was a long match. I think it was about eighteen minutes long. It was a long match. You know, Finn looked really strong in it in a lot of parts. It certainly wasn't a uh, wasn't a squash by any means. Um, Cena knew he was in a fight, and Cena sold that really well. And I thought Cena sold the whole kind of just doing his job to the crowd really well. I really thought he he pulled that off so phenomenally because Cena is one of the best talents of all time, and and and. Uh, I'm not surprised there. I thought the finish of the match for him to have to hit Finn with an FU from the top rope that shows it shows that they are building Finn. Whether it's for a heel turn, whether it's for anything else, I don't know. That's for you guys to speculate. But I think there's a lot more to come from Finn. I think the year that he's had, I think he's he's proven to the guys in the office and he's proven to the big man that uh, he is well capable of going, he's been injury free for a while, he's been having some great matches, um, his time will come, I have absolutely no doubt, um, absolutely no doubt, but I'm also really looking forward to Styles and Nakamura, that's a match um, that North America and Europe needs to see for all the, the guys and gals that would be a New Japan fan, they know all about it already, but for the people that aren't, this is a match that I really, really think should be headlining WrestleMania, and it will show that it's come a long, long way, because, I mean, the, the general narrative and consensus is that um, it's going to be Reigns, or sorry, yeah, Reigns and Brock Lesnar, so if that flux is going that way, well then, you know, let's just roll with it and try and enjoy it um, anything else is a bonus um, I still think those guys can have a really really good good match um, I'm happy to see um, how it turns out if it goes that way just be appreciative of it and enjoy it just enjoy it that's all I'll say don't take the Twitter and, and all that crap and ruin the event for yourself just because you know what's happening just enjoy it um, I think for Rousey, uh, for me, I think a tag match for her first match would be would be beneficial. Um, I do like the the idea of Rousey and Rock finishing what they started with Stefan H. I think that would be really good. 
whether they go with that, whether they pay the money to bring The Rock back, I do not know, that's what I would go with, but then you've also got the whole thing with, it looks like H and, and Angle might be building up to something too, so again, I really don't know, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they, what they bring up and what they come up with, and I'm just going to go with it and try and enjoy it for what it is, you can't always control what you can't always control, um, so, Another funny thing I saw, Hulk Hogan getting uh, getting heat for the tweet that he sent out that he would have thrown all the girls over the top rope. I think that was a tongue-in-cheek tweet. I think Hogan's getting heat for literally anything. I think Hogan gets would get heat for farting on Twitter now at this point. It's kind of getting ridiculous. I think the whole, you know, there's a lot of really, really close uh, friends that I have that are girls and that would have laughed at that, not taking offense to it, so... I think people need to get off their high horse and stop, you know, this this whole extreme feminism thing, um, and and take it for what it is. I mean, feminism is great, and, you know, I'm I'm all for it. I'm a feminist myself, um, and uh, you know, I, I love seeing the girls do well. But look, let's not just jump on anything that uh, looks like it's knocking the girls because I can guarantee it wasn't. Um, another thing I would say as well. All you aspiring wrestlers, I would recommend listening to Stone Cold, Steve Austin's recent podcast with Jericho, because trust me, there is some amazing advice from those two geniuses regarding promos. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything because it's a phenomenal episode that you should listen to. I fully, fully um, recommend listening to that. And um, I think when it comes to Rumble and Raw for this week, that's, um, that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. Um, what I do want to talk about next by uh, request is football and I will be with football right after this now onto one of my favorite subjects which is boxing and um, boxing has some big fights coming up I'm gonna mention the biggest announcement which was announced by The Rock the other day Triple G and Canelo too um, the first fight we all know was a fucking joke and a shambles and anybody that thinks they scored it differently really needs to um, check themselves on their knowledge of boxing because it was a robbery Golovkin won that fight hands down it was a disgrace but here we go we have a, uh, a chance to see it again and hopefully a chance to put it right um, biggest fight of the century round two again I'm going for Golovkin and um, there is no other way I see it I'm just going to leave that one there, but I cannot wait for that. This is going to be an awesome fight. Um, hey, Bellew 2. A lot of people think it's a crock of shit. Probably is. It's a money-making scheme, but it's probably going to be both guys' last fight. They're going to get a nice payday from it, um, which I hold no resentment over that. I just hope Hey comes in fully fit. I hope, uh, hope Bellew comes in fully fit. And we will see the best man win in that case, and that will be David Hay, and that is my prediction on that fight. But I think what potentially could be the fight of the year will be coming from the Manchester Arena on February the 17th uh, with George Groves and Chris Eubank Jr. Now that is a fight that I am really, really, really looking forward, and I can get behind because I do think um, both fighters... Uh, are are in their prime, without a doubt. I know grows a little bit older, but they uh, that definitely has the the potential to be uh, to be a phenomenal fight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. 
Um, also this year we've got Sergei Kovalev against Igor uh, Mikhalkin and uh, that is going to be a phenomenal fight too that's going to be in Madison Square Garden so it's going to be HBO special um, anybody who doesn't know Kovalev watch him the guy is a beast uh, you may have seen him in uh, you may have seen him in fights with, with you know some of the best in the biz um, he, he is a phenomenal phenomenal fighter really really tough rugged fighter and uh, I do implore you to see him and you will know that he's the last uh, last fighter to fight uh, the great, possibly one of the pound for pound greatest of all time, Andre Ward. Andre beat him twice, but um, that takes nothing away from Kovalev. Th that night that that fight is on is actually March 3rd, so it's not that far away. Um, also at the Barclays Center in, in Brooklyn, Deontay Wilder, everybody knows about him, is, um, is going to be facing Luis Ortiz. Because obviously that fight between himself and uh, the big man Joshua didn't happen at this time. But it will happen I'm sure. If um, Wilder wins and, and Joshua wins that will be naturally the next the next fit. Um, but also in the UK on Sky that night if you're not willing to pay for that. You get to see Kel Brook um, back in action against Sarai Rabchanka. Which yeah, you know I've interested in it and I will watch it. It will be on my DVR or my Skybox and... I will watch it, but it's not uh, it's not the fight that I'm looking forward to seeing most on that um, on that particular night because it's just not yeah it's something I'll watch the next day. However, at the end of March, you've got Joshua versus Joseph Parker. Now Parker is a badass. Trust me, I'm not saying Parker will beat Joshua because I don't think he will. Parker can cause Joshua real problems. Joshua is a knockout artist. Uh, make no mistake of what they were saying in the press conference that they really do believe that they can beat um, beat Joshua. And you know, I'm, I'm I think it's going to be a hell of a fight for Joshua, and it will really say a lot about him. Um, in April, Billy Joe Saunders and Martin Murray keeping a keeping a more UK based. That's going to be a great fight, and uh, really, that's um, you know, in May, as I said, we've got Tony Bellew and David Hay. It's going to be a sky job as well. Um, Badu Jack will be back in action in May as well against Adonis Stevenson. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be great. Um, in June, Errol Spence Jr., who's a phenomenal fighter, will be fighting. But we just don't know who he's going to be fighting yet. That's going to be in Dallas, Texas. So I can't wait to see those fights, to be honest with you. Um, I suppose it, it's, uh, it kind of leaves me with the last request that I had today which was to talk about the January transfer window <laughs> and what a way to end on the January transfer window um, I guess we'll talk about the big signings because it's the only way we can talk about it to be honest with you and we will start with um, the big signing from the last day of the January transfer window which was Patrick Pierre Patrick Aubameyang who by the way I do rate highly. I think Arsenal. I know a lot of Arsenal fans are unhappy because they sold Giroud and they sold Sanchez, but I think Aubameyang is world class. And let me tell you why. Because people are saying, "Oh, he only scored in Germany. He only scored in Germany." Tell me one thing: who was always the best defensive team other than Italy? Who aren't even at the dance this year? Who were the best defensive team in the world always? The Germans. Germans are known as having one of the best offensive teams in in any era. And the same goes for the Bundesliga. 
Aubameyang has got pace to burn. A lot of uneducated folk would believe that that is all he has and he only scores goals because of his pace. What a ridiculous narrative. What a stupid narrative. The guy can quite clearly finish if he's scoring 30 plus goals a season. Don't forget he was a golden boot last year. I think the year before. I could be corrected on that but he was there or thereabouts. He was in the mix. The guy is a phenomenal player. He's only 28. Arsenal have signed a world-class striker. Which leads me to um, to Giroud. And what a great... I've got to give a shout-out because Arsene Wenger, not my favourite person, being a Chelsea fan. Um, his wish, his loyalty to Oliver Giroud, his fellow countryman, and allow him to leave to go to Chelsea, was I thought it was a great touch. Very similar to the touch that Chelsea allowed Czech to go to to uh, to Arsenal because they wanted to stay in London. I think it was a great great touch for Wenger and I think Wenger should, you know, take great credit for that. Um speaking of Giroud, as a Chelsea fan, I think it's an absolute phenomenal deal. Arsenal basically paid the loan fee for Michi Batshuayi to go to uh, <laughs> to Dortmund for 6 months and I think he's going to do phenomenal there by the way and I think he still has a future at Chelsea because nobody knows the future of Antonio Conte. Which does hurt my heart a little bit, but what will be, will be. The machine will always keep rolling. He's just a spoke in the machine, uh, like most managers these days in the modern era of football. And uh, that, that machine will just keep rolling. And uh, I think in the short term, I think getting Giroud on an 18-month contract is absolutely brilliant business. I I've always liked Giroud. Um, I think he's a great player. and I think he's going to do a lot for Chelsea. And... In his first season, and I'm a big fan of Maratta, but in his first season, can take a little bit of the pressure off him. So I think all round, great signing from the Chelsea board, great piece of business to loan Batshuayi out and let him get first team football, and in turn become a better player and come back to Chelsea a more complete striker and playing first team football football regularly, which is what he needs. Alexis Sanchez to Manchester United. Can you say it's great business? I don't know. <laughs> With the money that they're talking about, 350 grand a week, and whatever the transfer fee was, 30 million. Yeah, I don't know if it's great business, but it's Mourinho business. I think that's all Mourinho knows these days. It's uh, buy players, just just buy players, throw money at the problem, and that's uh, that's what Mourinho has always done. But he's you know he's he's built great teams in the past. He's done it with Chelsea on two occasions. Um, should be doing it with United at the moment but it's a lot of points they are behind Manchester City considering they've not not really too far behind them in the spending ranks Pep other bits of business um, I suppose sticking with my team just for the moment because I am biased um, really happy with the Emerson signing not because I know a lot about him but purely because I heard that when Chelsea initially went to buy Alexandro and then when United wanted to buy Sandro and then when PSG wanted to buy Sandro Juventus's first choice to replace Sandro was Emerson because they believed that he is a young version so I don't know time will tell but um, only a young player coming back from an injury hopefully he's got what it takes and I believe he could do well so we will see and then getting on to Manchester City, signing Laporte. Ah, it is what it is. Sixty million on the defender. <laughs> they are. Uh, they are. Uh, I don't know. Their financial fair play. Obviously, it's something they don't value, and it's obviously something that financial fair play and UEFA don't seem to um, seem to 
I don't know value anymore either. But either way, great signing for Pep. But Pep has spent over half a billion now in two seasons. Does that make him a phenomenal manager? Yeah, I'll leave that question to you. I think that makes him a phenomenal spender of money and playing phenomenal football, don't get me wrong, but can he make an Arsenal play that phenomenal football? You know, I like the Eddie Howes of this world that can do this with minimal expense and nothing. Um, finish with Liverpool, only one way. They got the big sign in Virgil van Dijk, 75 million crazy money for a defender to be honest with you um especially a defender of that magnitude he's a good defender but is he a Bonucci you know is he a is he a Fabio Cannavaro or a John Terry or a Vidic and he's gonna I don't know but time will tell I think Liverpool needed a little bit more than just a 75 million pound defender to uh to to, to help their defense basically I think you need a Vidage Ferdinand, you need a Terry Carvalho, you know. Um, time will tell. I think Van Dijk is a quality player. Um, Coutinho went to Barcelona for crazy money. Did they invest it the way the Liverpool fans would like? I would like. I don't think so. Um, but I guess the summer is where the big business happens, unfortunately. Um, you can't always reinvest straight away on a whim um, in January because it's it's players that are available, players that are cup tied. I don't know, but but I think um, it was it was it was a strange January transfer window for me. And I will leave it at that. I'm gonna finish by saying that I'm finally going to see you two for the first time. I got my tickets the other day. I'm going to the first night on November the fifth uh, in the in the Tree Arena. Um, cannot wait going to see the experience tour everyone knows you too one of my favourite bands so I'm absolutely super stoked for that but I guess on that note guys I hope I didn't bore you too much it was me on my own some and I know I didn't bore you too much because I am in the Dynamo Kelly and I have charisma coming out of my pores <laughs> and I love you all I guess the only way now that we're on to the road to Wrestlemania is We'll finish with some of this old school badass. Before that, and before I say Dynamo over and out, if you love this podcast, which I know you do because you've been with me from day one, please go and subscribe and follow the podcast at iankelly800.podbean.com. That's iankelly800.podbean.com. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a comment. You'll find me on all Android devices and Instagram, Dynamo's Dozen, Facebook, Dynamo's Dozen. And I would really, really implore you guys, I've been saying this for a long time, not enough you have not enough of you have done it. I've got some really great stuff coming up over the next year and beyond. But we've got some great commercial stuff. We're gonna have some merch. We're gonna have some competitions coming up. I've got some really good stuff. So what I need you to do is go and join the mailing list at dynamosdozen at gmail.com. That's dynamosdozen at gmail.com, all lowercase. Go sign up for the mailing list, and I guarantee you when the merch comes out, you're going to be one of the first that reaps the rewards from it. So until next week when we have Ricky Knight and Sweet Saraya. 
on the podcast, which is going to be on Wednesday. It's going to be dropping to your eardrums on the Thursday. Please, please, listen to me when I say this. I love you all, and thank you once again for your support. But until next week, it is Dynamo, over and out.